Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is The Rita Cosby Show. on Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, more dismal news coming from Ukraine. And the question I want to hear from all of you tonight is, what is President Biden waiting for? Is he waiting to, like, Ukraine's basically going to be a country in rubble? Is he waiting till more people are slaughtered? I just do not understand our American leadership, and America needs to lead the world. They're in this unbelievable, weird stalemate right now, and they're waiting for weapons. They're waiting for military hardware. And tonight we're hearing from Ukraine saying, we need weapons, weapons, weapons. And it seems that our president, all he wants to talk about are sanctions, sanctions, sanctions. And they're bragging about, okay, well, we're finally helping Slovakia backfill. That's great. By the way, thank goodness they're finally doing it. What took them so long? And why are they still dragging their feet? Because things are getting really ugly and really horrible in Ukraine. And we are just hearing the last few hours about a missile strike on a crowded train station in the eastern part of Ukraine. And it is really horrific. There are believed to be several thousand people who are inside this train station, clearly marked. In fact, these were individuals who were fleeing the country, looking for freedom. They were civilians. There were mothers. There were children. There were just regular people who were inside that train station. And suddenly a missile strike hits the train station, and dozens are killed, including five young kids. And it looks like Putin is just upping the ante. It's like more and more and more. And in fact, on the Russian missile that was found, that looked like it hit the building, surely. You know, if you look at everything, because the Russians say, oh, they didn't do it. On it, it says, for the children, written in Russian. Can you believe that? I mean, this guy is a monster and his forces are monsters. And it's not like he is backing down. I don't know what Joe Biden and I don't know what NATO's waiting for. NATO's waiting for Joe Biden and Joe Biden's waiting for Joe Biden. So, boy, are we in a mess. So tonight I want to get your calls as to where you see this headed, because it looks like Vladimir Putin Every day seems to be upping the ante in a very horrific way, making things worse and uglier and more deadly and more targeting of civilians, more cruel, that he is upping his game and he is just trying to kind of push the buttons 
And so far, we have a president who's just sort of sitting back and waiting. And, you know, you know, we've heard it from a number of people that we've had here on the show, on the Rita Cosby show. And I hate to say this, but they seem to feel that this president is more worried about Putin losing than helping Ukraine win. And some of the things he's doing absolutely fit that motto. And that is heartbreaking to see. And what does that mean for the future of Ukraine? What does that mean for the future of freedom? If we don't have a president who's in it to win it, boy, is Ukraine in trouble. And boy, sadly, is America in trouble. Well, I want to play a couple of comments. First off, this is some of the horrible, sad sound of what was happening right after that train station was hit. This is in eastern Ukraine. It happened just a few hours ago. And again, imagine a huge train station filled with thousands upon thousands of civilians who were fleeing Mothers with their kids primarily, and the Russians took the strike. Take a listen. Wow, it is hard to hear that. And you just hear the screaming and the shouting. And again, at least 50 people were killed. There's still piles of rubble there. Can you imagine what kind of a monster sees a train station with mostly women and children and takes the strike? And on the Russian missile that hits it, it says, quote, for the children. The same monster who remember a couple weeks earlier in Mariupol, that's another eastern town there in Ukraine that was hit. Remember, it was that theater that was a bomb shelter, and they literally wrote outside of it, children inside. Remember, children in Russian, and the Russians took that strike. So what are we going to do? We have a president right now who's like Elmer Fudd. He's like trying to figure out, well, what do I do? Where do we go? And he's trying to say, oh, yeah, you know, he's a butcher. He's this. He's a war criminal, all these things. But what is he doing? Are we watching train stations be hit? Are we watching theaters be hit? And what is he thinking six months from now? He's going to finally give, you know, the authorization for Poland and other countries to give the MiGs. I mean, what the heck are we waiting for? It is getting so horrible. And the European Union chief showed some leadership, at least. She showed up, and others did today, in the town of Bucha, where those horrible scenes of massacre that came out, just remember, a few days ago, where we saw literally bodies just strewn on the side of the road. And again, civilians there, too. Women, kids, men, civilians with their bodies that were just laying on the side of the road and that were discovered after the Russians pulled out. And she showed up there today. Bravo to her, the head of the European Union. Take a listen to what she said and how she described what she saw. You started your question um, with the attack today on completely innocent people waiting for a train. And yes, I have seen pictures, and it is atrocious, and there are almost no words for it. And I was deeply shocked to see that on pieces left from the shelling, the Russian had written, for our children, the cynical behavior 
has almost no no benchmark anymore, no measure anymore. It is unbelievable what happens there, and therefore it is also so important that the world stands up. It is so important that the world stands up. I I feel like I heard more from her than I've heard from Joe Biden. And at least she went to Bucha. So did a number of other leaders. They showed up there and met with Zelensky. I mean, think about the guts of this guy. The whole world is watching this guy, and it seems like every mercenary that the Russians can find are out to get this guy, and he's out there. Think about that. He's doing his speeches to his people every night, often outside in front of public buildings, and then he walked the streets of Bucha, and then he met with them also in Bucha, that town of that brutal slang where there definitely were war crimes. You can see it. And in fact, the Russians still wouldn't admit that they did this, guys. I mean, this is like such a game. It's ridiculous. What What do they think? Like uh, the Ukrainians are striking all these places on their own? I'm insane. And in fact, there are German intercepts and others that have intercepted conversations with Russian soldiers where they're basically saying, what should we do? We're looking right now and they're women and children. Should we take the hit? What should we do? And there are discussions, according to a number of people who have heard credible news agencies that have heard this. They're saying, yeah, take the hit, go for it. Basically slaughter them all, kill them all. Can you imagine? That's what they're having. So if you have that and you have some pretty clear evidence and you have it in areas where satellite pictures are, where there's bodies strewn and even there's some satellite images, there's drone footage seeing the person on the bicycle being killed, the woman on the bicycle. And then you see her body laying there and then it's in the exact same place. So it's like there's such almost irrefutable evidence in every single way. It's like, what more could you use? Get him and get his generals on war crimes now. How many more train stations need to be bombed? What the heck is our president waiting for? Our president has just been so slow and so lackluster. It is incredible. And the other thing, we're going to be taking calls on this tonight here on the Rita Cosby Show, because I love hearing from you guys, especially on Friday night. There is so much. This has been such a powerful and emotional week. And we are also going to be talking about later on in the next hour, we're going to be talking about the border, because I couldn't believe this. Here is our Homeland Security Secretary, Alejandro Mayorkas. And he is speaking before the National Action Network, of course, Al Sharpton's National Action Network group. And he's one of the speakers there. And he's basically talking about what he thinks is the biggest threat to our homeland. Now, if somebody asked you that, what would you say is the biggest threat to the U.S. homeland? I would worry about maybe some Russian hacking. I would worry about the Iranians. Remember, there's even reports of these guys who pretended like they were federal agents and they're part of the Iranian Revolutionary Guard, potentially. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on right now. I would talk about southern border, you know, the fact that there are cartels coming through and murderers and even Russians that have slipped through, they believe, on the southern border right now, that wide-open southern border that's sadly going to get a lot more open because Title 42 is going to be lifted. But no, 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 Alejandro Mayorkas the Homeland Security Secretary for the Biden administration. To me, this just basically says it all. He says the biggest threat to the homeland right now 
is not what's happening in Ukraine. It's not Russia. It's not hacking. It's not any of those things. Oh, no, no, no. It's not the southern border. It is domestic terrorists. He says it's white supremacy is the biggest threat to America. As I'm talking about a train station that has been bombed, and I'm talking about all these other things, he's thinking it's, you know, making sure that there is, you know, critical race theory, basically. This, to me, is so far off the mark. Take a listen to Alejandro Mayorkas talk about what he sees as the biggest threat to America right now. And what we in the Department of Homeland Security have assessed is that the greatest terrorism-related threat that we face in the homeland is the threat of domestic violent extremism. Individuals drawn to violence because of ideologies of hate or false narratives propagated on social media and other online platforms. And the most prominent... Um, threat is the threat of white supremacists. Wow. That is the biggest threat, he believes. Domestic terrorism, white supremacists. And if that's where their focus is right now, no wonder they're not worried about, you know, World War III and Ukraine. They're not worried about nuclear. They're not worried about chemical. They're worried about critical race theory in America. Boy, does this administration have it all out of whack. And we're going to be talking about that and the border also in the next hour, but we definitely are talking about the priorities of this administration. And Secretary Mike Pompeo, the former Secretary of State, where we talked with him earlier today, myself and John Katsimatidis, who has a great show called Cats at Night. And this is what the Secretary had to say. Uh, Look, I think the Biden administration's strategy uh, was not well prepared. And then when Ukraine began to show and demonstrate their incredible resolve in Zelensky, his leadership, uh, they slow walked everything. To your point, Rita, they were too slow. The weapons we provided were too small and too few. They were they were afraid that Ukraine might win uh, on some theory that you were going to provoke Vladimir Putin. And how scary is that? Let's go to your calls, everybody. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. And you are listening to the Rita Cosby Show. Let's go to JC in Pennsylvania on line two. Go ahead, JC. Your thoughts about like, this? Yeah, it seems like the Biden administration, they're all brain dead. So yeah, responsibility lies in, the, in the, the person that performs the act and the person who does nothing. So in, in, more, in more than theory, Joe, Joe Biden is as much, almost as much a, a war criminal as Putin for his lack. He has obliterated two, two ethnic groups. The, the Afghans, and he's obliterated the Ukrainians for his lack of leadership, his lack of poignancy, and his just lack of doing nothing, doing nothing. He could have prevented all of this. He could have prevented Afghanistan, and he chose to do nothing, which leads me to almost believe that he wants Ukraine, Ukraine completely obliterated so maybe there is no evidence left to hang all of the uh, all of the atrocities that him and his son is is responsible for, on top of the atrocities that he's responsible for for doing nothing. Wow, well, you know what, JC? I will say that to me, it is 
it's unconscionable why he hasn't acted yet. And, you know, it's like this little dribs and drabs. And I use the phrase um, when um, when John Katz and I were talking earlier with Secretary Pompeo, why is he slow walking? I mean, because that's the only way I can describe what he's doing. It's like if you really want Ukraine to win, you say throw in the kitchen sink and you do it right now. Um, and the thing that's astounding also, J.C., is that there is a window right now. Almost every single, and I think every single, military strategist that we basically have heard, and you see it on all the different networks, and they've been here, you know, on here on the Rita Cosby Show. We had Jack Keen on the other day. They all believe this is a narrow window right now, and that's why this president's got to get off his butt, not just for America, but for the world, because they believe that, you know, Russia's basically reconstituting, they're reinforcing their weaponry, they're reinforcing their troops, they're bringing in the mercenaries, they're doing all this, and that usually there's like a two or three week sort of window right now that they're in the phase of, even though they're clearly taking massive strikes, as we just heard with the train station. But this is a narrow window, so he's got to either do it right or, you know, this is going to be on him, just like Afghanistan was. And I hope that that is not the case for the Ukrainian people. JC, thank you very much. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Why is this president slow walking Ukraine? Get off your butt. 1-800-848-9222. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And a little bit of Michael Jackson here on the Rita Cosby Show on this Friday night. You can never go wrong. Let's play a little bit of Michael Jackson. It's kind of fun. It's Friday night. We need a little fun. It's been tough times. Very fun. And I wish we could see a little daylight with this president because he seems to be MIA in so many ways, as Michael is talking about there. And now, what do we do? Because, boy, is Putin getting, sadly, more and more vicious and more and more targeting of civilians. And, in fact, as we were just talking a couple hours ago, hitting a train station with thousands of civilians inside, mostly mothers with children, 50 people killed and five kids. Also, a horrible story coming out of another suburb of Kiev. Remember, Bucha was one of the suburbs, too. But out of another suburb there where a mayor, female mayor, and her husband and her son appear to have been taken, kidnapped, uh, tortured, with their hands tied behind their back, and executed with a bullet to the head, and their bodies found in a grave. And the people in that town said the last time they saw, she said she would not surrender the town. She was a mayor, and she actually put out a message on social media basically saying, the scum is coming to our town, everybody. 
basically stay inside, warning the other citizens of her town. Think about the guts of this woman. And apparently they said, okay, we're going to take you unless you're willing to surrender the town. And she said, well, then take me because I am not surrendering my town. And uh, the Russians appear to have taken her, kidnapped her, tortured her and her husband and her son and people making the grim discovery. But this is what they are doing. And meanwhile, President Biden is like, well, we're working on sanctions. Well, we're going after the oligarchs. They've only gotten one oligarch yacht. What are you talking about? Why? He's talking sanctions. They're talking life or death. Sanctions, even even by President Biden's account, we're never going to be a deterrent. And we're going to take forever to go into place. What are you waiting for? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Joe on line eight. Joe, your thoughts about why this president is slow walking. And I'm just I am praying for the people of Ukraine as I see the way this president. I, I just think lackluster. I, I give him a, a C or a D at best. Well, it's so plain to see, Rita. He, he's not in charge. He's waiting for an okay from who's running the show. Plus, we're heading for the Third World War. That's my personal opinion. So who if do you he, think he, is he, running the show, Joe? Who, if it's not him? Because you're right, he kind of goes out administration, there. The, the administration before uh, Trump got in. Well, we definitely saw, you know, President Barack Obama visited this week. Maybe he was tapping him on the back and say, keep uh, keep up the good messaging that I'm doing. You know, he definitely uh, seemed to have a lot more energy than good old Joe, who's trying to figure out if he was in the right room at that point. Boy, when we come back, we're going to continue with your calls, everybody. And one of my favorite segments, Back the Blue. Tony Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which I always love, deputies with the Charlotte County, Florida Sheriff's Office arrived to a car crash this week, and they found a man inside one of the vehicles, which was on fire at the time. Now, the deputies went into action and also using a pocket knife to free the man from his seatbelt, and they were able to pull him to safety. The flames heat was described as unbearable, which prevented the deputies from being able to remain near it for an extended period of time. So the deputies had to extinguish the fire in order to reach the man trapped inside the vehicle. Neighbors actually called 911 after hearing a really loud crash and said that the flames from the fire were more than five feet high. They said that a man could be heard screaming from inside the vehicle for help. And the sheriff of Charlotte County, Florida, said that the deputies acted bravely in the face of danger. Sheriff said, quote, you truly never know what the night will hold. Boy, isn't that true? And he said the job of a deputy is to act bravely in the face of danger, regardless of what lies ahead. And these two young men did just that. I could not be prouder. The victim, by the way, is expected to survive and is still in critical condition, but does look like they will pull through. Wow, what a powerful story and what a great reminder it is of our great men and women in law enforcement and why it's always so important to back the blue. Well, we are talking about why it's important to back Ukraine in its fight for freedom. And I want to play a comment. This is from one of the aid workers today who went to see some of the devastation. 
and they said that they could not believe what they were seeing firsthand. And it's 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 almost just like a bad, bad movie. It is so surreal and so horrible what's happening in Ukraine while our president seems to be slow walking everything. Take a listen. It's just been a nightmare. I still wake up every morning hoping that this is not true. That's um, how devastating it is to me and to everybody who, who who's left behind in Ukraine and fighting for their lives. And former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, who was talking with me and John Katsimatidis on his great show, Cats at Night, uh, which I had the honor of uh, guest hosting with John. Uh, he was saying, the secretary, that he cannot believe the lackluster leadership from this administration. He says it would be so much different if President Trump was in office. He believes, like many people believe, that Vladimir Putin would have never even invaded Ukraine, that there would have been force, that he would have seen that message of strength. And right now he is seeing a rudderless leader. Take a listen. This is the former Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo. Uh, this, this is the time. Uh, the United States has the resources and tools. We, we know precisely how to do this. What this requires is real leadership. Uh, I, I think you're right. I think he is regrouping. He is, he's not going to either leave the battlefield, nor is he going to uh, move away from his uh, ultimate objectives. And we need to make sure we show the result that the United States showed for four years uh, during our time. And Secretary Pompeo also said, and he was saying to me, that the whole world is watching, that this is not just a moment for Ukraine. This is a moment where the world is watching to see what this president will do. Will he really be a leader? And he says failure of leadership is catastrophic. Take a listen. Just takes real action. Folks in the Middle East, folks in Southeast Asia, leaders all across the world are watching. The American people are watching to see if this administration has the moxie, uh, the skill and the strategy to actually execute a vision that will make our country more prosperous and more secure and do a good turn for the people of Europe and Ukraine as well. Wow. Very important message. So what is our president doing and what kind of grade would you give him and why is he sort of sleepwalking and slow walking the fight for Ukraine? 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Let's go to John uh, on Line 8. John, your thoughts about our president and what's happening in Ukraine. Hi, Rita. Thanks for taking my call. One thing that I've noticed is that uh, President Biden never ends a speech with God bless America. He always ends with God bless the troops. I love the troops, but he doesn't end with God bless America. So I wonder if that's a sign that he is ashamed of his country. And if that is true, would he fight for us as strong as President Zelensky is fighting for his? Wow. That's, you know, that's a really powerful comment. And you're right, because remember, who was it, Michelle Obama, who made the statement that it's the first time I'm proud of my country. Remember when she made, oh, 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 wait, we've always been proud of our country. And I want him to be successful, John, because, you know, him being successful and America being successful is important, not just for obviously for all of us, but it's important for the world. And I don't know if he would. I mean, I mean, I'm sad to say this. I'm looking at an amazing leader in Zelensky. I mean, he is like, 
he is like everybody's kind of equating him to Churchill. You know, I've heard people equate him and say, boy, is this guy, you know, a leader. He's getting out there with his people. He's going on the streets. He's going into Bucha, you know, going and witnessing the atrocities, rallying his troops, saying he's standing. I mean, this guy's got like death threats up the wazoo on him. I mean, you think about the most uh, skilled assassins, John, in the world are after this guy, after you know, the leader Zelensky of Ukraine. Can you imagine the most strategic, skilled assassins, paid-for-hire assassins, the Wagner Group uh, that's been farmed out by Vladimir Putin, renowned and very skilled. Hundreds of them are out there trying to get this guy, and he's marching down the streets talking to his people. He's going into to say, here, I'm looking at the war crimes firsthand. I want to share it with you, tell the world about it. He's doing interviews, telling world, hey, please help us. Uh, I mean, it has been a, it's been amazing. And think about the energy and the courage of that guy compared to our president, who seems like he can't make a decision on whether he wants oatmeal or yogurt for breakfast. I mean, it, it's actually really disheartening, John. And what, how do you equate the two leaders? Well, I think Zelensky has definitely demonstrated a superior strength and um, a lot of courage. And we need courage in our world today because we are surrounded by evil and bad people, and um, it's encouraging to see that there are people that are strong like him, and hopefully he inspires other leaders in uh, in Europe as well as our own to do the right thing and to bring a, a, a strong conclusion to this terrible uh, fight with with Russia. It needs to end. It needs to end soon. Yeah, and that's why. Our president needs to step up and help make it end soon for the good of Ukraine, for the good of the world. Um, and I agree with you. I mean, I feel like Zelensky is making Biden look like a wimp. I mean, he really looks like a wuss compared to Zelensky. Think about the guts of Zelensky out there. That's what a real leader does. And our president, like, you know, did you see that event at the White House the other day with, you know, Obama? It was like everybody was coming over to a, like like Joe was trying to figure out, like, where the bathroom was. Uh, I mean, it's 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 really disheartening. And I think it is a catastrophe for the world if this moment is missed. Um, John, thank you very much for the call. Let's go to Greg on line one. Greg, your thoughts about our president. And as John was just comparing, he said he is uh, no Churchill like Zelensky. What do you think? He's not a president. What what this guy is, he's a thief and a liar. That's all he is. He has a job. It's called the president of the United States. But in his heart, in his soul, what he is, a thief and a liar. He's demented because he's got so much lies, so much garbage, so much dirty laundry. He doesn't know who he told. Why he got it. He's, got, uh, he's got a lot of dirty laundry in the Ukraine. And Putin's doing him a favor by cleaning it all up. And Biden is going to get out of all of this by saying at some point, probably in July or August, Listen, I and I, I don't feel like I can complete the rest of my term, I, and I'm sorry about all of this stuff that you know happened with my son. I, I was just trying to help him out. The poor kid's got a problem. He's going to dump it all on Hunter Biden. He's going to go back down to his basement, and nobody's going to be able to reach him. And then Nancy Pelosi's going to sta- uh, stand in front of the microphone, and Kamala Harris is going to stand in front of the microphone, say, "Listen." The poor guy, leave him alone. He's an old man. Let him live his life. Let him live, live his life out in peace. We're gonna help the American people. We're, now that he's gone, we're gonna 
fights for everybody because that's what we do. It's disgusting. It's you oh. know how anybody can think that it's just disgusting to even look. So, at. Greg, let me oh. ask you: What do you think? Sadly, Ukraine is going to look like if Joe Biden is. Uh, you're talking about the so sort of drip drip in the presidency. Um, boy, that's a scary premise because the world sort of looking. You see the EU sort of looking at U.S. because the U.S. is always the leader of the free world. And you see NATO looking at the U.S. because, again, the U.S. is the leader of the free world. And there's our commander in chief trying to look for, like, which is the men's room or the la- you know, or the ladies room. I mean, it's really scary. And it makes me think what is happening, because as we just were talking about this bombing of this train station, it's horrific. And then they have been targeting civilians left and right. And and you know what? It's like, what is Ukraine going to look like in July if this guy doesn't get off his butt? Joe Biden could care less. All he cares about is himself. That's it. He's a thief and a liar. I used to be a thief and a liar a long time ago. I had a bad drug problem in the 70s and 80s. So I know one when I see one. All he is is a thief. And a liar. So, Greg, wait, wait, Greg, wait a minute. Order. Greg, you're a professional former thief and a liar. Is that you're an expert at it? I'm not an expert. I, I, I mean, I'm not that anymore. I had a bad drug problem in the 70s and 80s. So I, I know a little bit about being a thief and a liar. Well, and by the way, by the way, what he is. speaking of drugs, my goodness, with Hunter Biden and you touched on Hunter Biden, things are getting really heated there because the grand jury is definitely looking into him. Um, again, it's tax issues, it's lobbying issues, uh, but he, boy, he, by his own admission, has talked about his own drug problems where he couldn't figure out what was Parmesan cheese versus crack cocaine. I mean, God, that guy is a, is a mess. So you can imagine when you're high as a kite, as Hunter Biden was, there's probably a lot of interesting stuff in there. And uh, just like you said, uh, the big guy, big old Joe, may be a little worried um, as a, a lot of other people, I think, are, too, as they're looking into things there. Greg, thank you. Great, great call. Thanks so much. Let's go to Jeff on line six. Jeff, your thoughts about this. Go ahead. Hi, how are you? Thank you for having me on. You're welcome. What do you uh, What do you make about Biden's leadership or lack thereof um, and well, vis-a-vis Ukraine? It, it's just we have to sweat this out. It's a slow it, it, we 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 have to. It's a slow torture down. We have to let this guy either. I don't know if they're gonna if he's gonna bail. If hey he Jeff, bails, come a little closer to the receiver. You sound like you're like on a speakerphone or something. Yeah, I know. Well, I'm, oh, I got I got a machine down. Okay, can you hear me now? Yep, much better. Go ahead, much better. Okay, if, if Biden bails, then what do we do? So we're stuck with him for what another what three years? Unless, unless you just heard what Greg said. Greg thinks there's going to be some master plan that maybe after the midterms, he's going to be like, well, you know, you know, I'm going to kind of move on or they're going to push him out. You know, Um, who knows? Who knows where that goes? But Jeff, thanks so much for the call. Um, Let's go to Norm in line. uh, Let's go line five. Norman, go ahead, Norm. Your thoughts about all this, my friend. Hi, thanks for a great show. You're welcome. Um, What What do you think, Norm? Well, I wanted to respond to your question of why, and I strongly believe it's because Biden is corrupt and a liar, and it was proven many times, especially with his uh, son's laptop, and he's definitely involved with that, which he lied multiple times. Well, he still says, remember, it's, you know, it's interesting, Norm, with all of this, he still says 
that he's never met the business folks. He doesn't know them. He's never talked to them. And yet it's like now we're seeing picture after picture. And in fact, that was one of the things that the New York Post this week had a great story. It's Miranda Devine, who's done great work on this and broken the story. Remember, yeah. they were the only ones reporting it. They basically said that they had more than 12 instances where they could tie Biden to business folks, including that letter of recommendation to the college. So you got a, you got a whole bunch of these connections, and you kind of wonder why is he saying he doesn't know anything about the business, but he wrote a college recommendation letter, and then his son was on the flight, Air Force Two, to China, comes back with a big deal, then also is on the golf course with some of the others. It's like there's a lot of there's a lot of there there that at least needs to be looked into. You know, it, it, it doesn't look good, Norm. I definitely agree. But I wanted to connect him to uh, Russia. There's also a big connection with him and Putin. And I think, I believe that that's why he's not sending the needed uh, weapons over to uh, Ukraine. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, Densaki said something to the effect that, well, we're saying that everything of the weapons that we have, we don't have everything he wants. I mean, is that how could that be true? I mean, it's the United States of America. We don't have the weaponry to send over that they need. Well, what, they need by the way, Norm, uh, one of the things she was saying, um, and I, I rarely defend Jen Psaki, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not totally even defending her on this one, Norm. But what she was saying, I think the part you're talking about, because I saw that too. What she's basically saying is that a lot of the hardware that they need, she claims, the White House claims, because they don't want to say, oh, we're slow walking. They don't want to admit what they're doing. Um, but a lot of it, they need the old Soviet stuff, like they need the old Soviet MiGs so they can fly them. They need the old Soviet air defense systems. It's, a, it's an S-300. That's why they have to go to Slovakia. And then they got to backfill it with, you know, Patriot missiles and backfill it with other stuff. So that's part of the reason why. So some of it, some of that is true because you want them to take care of it themselves. But the other part of it is, you know, we're not rushing to push to get it to them either. And there are things that we can get. And I think some of it just as as you're suggesting, Norm, I think you're spot on. They are just taking their time. And that's not good for Ukraine and for the world. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. After the break, 1-800-848-9222. What do you make? Norm and I think they are slow walking it. And why? 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show on this Friday night. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. We are talking about President Biden. I call it sleepwalking or slow walking. What's going on in Ukraine and just horrible details coming out today, of course, of this strike on a train station full of women and children. And Boris Johnson, the leader, of course, of UK, came out and he said that there is no doubt that this was a strategic strike because it was a missile. It's a precise ballistic missile that you're going to kind of have to do a direct target hit. And he said the Russians, according to Boris Johnson, knew what they were hitting and that this must not go unpunished. But does our president have the cojones to be able to hit back? And this comes at a time where Russia apparently is claiming that they've gotten to the center of Mariupol, which I hope is not true because that's that port city that they continue to pound, where there's about 100,000 people that are in that town that have basically had no food, no water. 
Um, it's just been horrific. And they are trying to claim that city because it's in a strategic part of the country, on the eastern part of the country, where they really, really want that city. And the Russians are now saying that they have taken a good part of the center of Mariupol. And we'll keep you posted on that. Meantime, the EU chief uh, came out and said that kicking Russia out of the Human Rights Council, can you believe it? They were part of the Human Rights Council of the UN, that that is very important and that that is an important message. Take a listen to what she had to say. The fact that Russia has been suspended from the Human Rights Council is an important signal, too, that not only those who are now closely working to support Ukraine in this war, but also those who are perhaps a a little bit further away, stand up, raise their voice, and make clear, no, this is unacceptable, and this has consequences in the world order and uh, the place that Russia has in the world order. The one thing I'll give her credit for, first of all, I don't really think that, you know, I think it does send a message, but I think right now they'll take military weapons versus getting, you know, hearing the news that Russia's getting kicked off a council. I think the Ukrainians would rather have MiGs. They'd rather have those uh, air defense systems than the word that Russia's kicked off some council. But at least I'll give her credit. The EU chief, at least she went into Ukraine. Joe Biden hasn't even been to our border. And we're going to talk about that in the next hour because that's just unbelievable. But in the meantime, what do you think of the fact that right now they are dying in Ukraine? Civilians are getting pounded in Ukraine and Russia is making some strides on those eastern cities. So there's a moment here where we got to give everything we can to Ukraine to win this fight. That's what I think. And I want to hear from you. And I'm not sure if our president has the leadership, the stomach or the guts to even do any of that. And that saddens me, not just for Ukraine, but for the world. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Linda on line eight. Linda, your thoughts. Hi. Um, You keep asking why he's doing the piecemeal. Yeah. What do you think? Okay. He gets to be on TV every other day. Oh, I got this announcement. We're sending a hundred million of this. We're going to send them two or three days later. Oh, we're going to send more of this. He's get, he's using it as a PR. Oh wow! So you just think it? That's interesting. You just think it's this is an opportunity for attention. Wow, that's powerful. And and you know he's getting it. And maybe if it's the same line over and over again, if he has a cue card, he can read it. Uh, let's go to Jim on line two. Jim, your thoughts. Uh, uh, Tim or Jim? Uh, I guess you're line two. Are you Tim uh, or Jim? Sorry. Uh, uh, I'm Tim. Okay, um, Tim. Sorry, we had the wrong call. name there. But go ahead. Go ahead, Tim. Your thoughts. No no, no problem. Um, so, yeah, the previous caller, I, it's piecemeal. And so is that best for the country? Joe has not been the best. He's not doing the best for this country just by his actions. He gave a uh, race-banning speech in Atlanta called me a racist because I don't support his so-called voter integrity law. And by the way, and uh, Jim, do me a favor. I want Tim, actually, sorry, keep messing up your name here, Tim. Tim, stay with us. I want to have you stay because we're going to talk about that after the break. And boy, are things a mess around the world. You're listening to the Rita Cosby Show. By the way, um, and a friend reminded me of this, that Germany 
has declined to send their tanks to Ukraine. Shame on Germany, but Germany has always been kind of lackluster with a lot of these things, saying that Germany needs to keep them for their own defense needs. Uh, I would think that Ukraine could actually use the tanks that they are begging for a lot more right now than Germany can. Um, But if they need them, then let's backfill them. Send the tanks there. And hurry up and get backfill, get a replacement to Germany if they need it. But I think based on what we've seen in the last couple of days and the last couple of weeks since February, Ukraine needs it a lot more than Germany does right now. So shame on Germany, too, and shame on our president for taking so long to even give some of the basic hardware that they have continued to ask for. Oh, we're trying to get it there. We're trying to get it there. There are so many things that are happening around the world. And as you're looking at what's happening in Ukraine, I see it as a crisis for the world. Because right now, if Ukraine gets taken over by the Russians, well, guess what? China's going to feel emboldened. Iran's going to feel emboldened. North Korea's going to feel emboldened. We already had such a disastrous withdrawal of Afghanistan. And now we're having a disastrous handling of Ukraine by this president. So this is a huge, huge, not just national security issue, but world security issue. And as I'm looking and seeing what's going on in our country, first of all, Ukraine's borders are a big deal. But what about our U.S. southern border? And so I want to hear from you. How concerned are you? about the fact that now Title 42 is about to be lifted, which was basically putting a restriction on for, quote, health reasons. President Trump put that on. He was able to institute this Title 42, keeping a number of people out from coming into the United States. And already we have seen just an unbelievable amount of people coming through our southern border because this administration, the Biden administration, has basically had an open-door policy. And even in the last like week or two, some of the numbers that we've seen, even in like the, you know, Rio Grande area, for example, they've apprehended a number of individuals who from Guatemala who had criminal records, a number of individuals from Mexico who had criminal records, Ecuador who had criminal records. And we're talking serious stuff like accused of murder, convicted of murder, child crimes. I mean, this is serious stuff, guys. And the numbers are really, really huge. And this is before Title 42, which now this administration says they are going to lift Title 42 restrictions, basically not have a restriction saying that because of health reasons and COVID and all this other stuff, they're basically going to lift it. And they even know that that is going to open the floodgates even more. And that is really frightening. So here is Tom Holman. He is the former ICE director. He was the ICE director under then-President Trump. And he talks about how many before even Title 42, which, again, is going to be lifted end of next month. We're talking now just a few weeks away, basically. And he says even before this restriction is lifted, right now the numbers have been at historic highs Because the Biden administration is basically a big old neon sign saying, come cross our southern border. Take a listen. This is Tom Holman talking about some of the numbers that exist right now. Because of the crisis on the border right now, Border Patrol is catching about 8,000 a day. And what happened? They're so overwhelmed. 67,000 
crossed the border and got away. They weren't fingerprinted, they weren't photographed, no biographic information, no, no vetting was done. 60,000 people entered this country, got away. Who the hell are they? That should scare every American because after 9-11, we put processes in place to get a plane ticket. We put processes in place to get a visa to try to protect this country from no suspected terrorism. If they don't think any of these 67,000 people came from a country that supports terrorism, then they're ignorant. Yeah, I agree, especially those gotaways. It's pretty easy just walking across the border. They're not even vetting you even if you walk across the border and basically get in a detention center. And, in fact, the new thing is they're giving them cell phones, uh, which is just unbelievable. Forget the ankle bracelets. Don't worry about that. We'll give you a cell phone. And that way we'll give you a free phone, too. Not to Americans, to illegals crossing our border. It is really unbelievable. Believable to see what this administration's doing. And now they're about to make it even easier. Starting May 23rd, they're going to lift Title 42. So basically, it's going to be a free for all at the border. And it's going to be so bad that even this administration, which has been trying to sugarcoat everything from day one, this is what the Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas had to say about what's going to happen. Listen to this. This boy is this scary. But when you this acknowledge happens, you're likely going to see a surge. We very well could, and our job is to be prepared to address it. All right. So that's what he had to say. I want to play that again because this is what Alejandro Mayorkas has to say when Title 42 is lifted again. May 23rd, they're going to lift it. They already said CDC, we're going to lift it. And this administration has been kind of downplaying things. Oh, no, don't worry about things. He's saying, get ready, everybody. It's going to be a free-for-all at the U.S. southern border. Listen. But do you acknowledge you're likely going to see a surge? We very well could, and our job is to be prepared to address it. Oh, we very well will see a surge. That means you're going to have a massive surge at the U.S. southern border. And right now, they believe the amount of people who are crossing, these are the ones that they encounter at the border, anywhere from three to 5,000, they say, a day, sometimes 8,000 a day. They say when this Title 42 is lifted, again, next month, not that far away, we're not talking years away, we're talking a few weeks away, they're predicting those numbers could skyrocket to eighteen to 20,000 people that they will have encounters with. Not the gotaways that Tom Holman was just talking about. That's a whole other number. Those are the people that they don't have encounters with that they can't even keep track of at all, as if they're keeping track of the ones that are even crossing into the border that they have encounters with. The ones they get, they give them a cell phone. They say, hey, listen, show up in a couple years for a hearing. Good luck. The ones that are gotaways, they don't even have that kind of discussion with. Boy, are we in trouble from a national security issue. And the reason I bring all of this up, that you would think Alejandro Mayorkas, our Homeland Security Secretary under President Biden, when he is asked, what do you think are the biggest security risks to this country? If somebody asked you that, what would you say? I would say, I'm worried about Ukraine. I'm worried about Iran. And I'm definitely worried about our southern border. There's a lot of things to be really worried about right now. I'm worried about North Korea. And I brought up the whole issue, you know, with Russia hacking into our country right now. There's a lot of serious things to really be worried about.
Sometimes, you know, there's things that are a mediocre. This is not a mediocre time. There's some really catastrophic things that we got to be worried about. Who's crossing into our southern border right now? What Russian agents, what Iranian agents might be crossing into the border? They believe people from 150 countries are crossing into our border right now, many of them with criminal records that we are not checking, many of them, most of them, not getting vaccinated whatsoever. And now they're about to open the floodgates next month at a time where the world is so uncertain. And so when our Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas under now President Biden was asked, what do you see as the biggest threats to our homeland? You're going to be shocked to hear what he had to say, because sure as heck I was. Take a listen. This is him speaking before the National Action Network. That's Al Sharpton's group. And this is what he had to say was the biggest threat. Take a listen. And as we continue to review the policies um, and make the changes that drive to achieve equity, we have to be very mindful of the landscape on which we are working. We are working at a time when we are seeing only an increase in hate. And then he further said this. Take a listen. Listen to what he says is the biggest threat to America right now. Not Ukraine, not Iran, not North Korea, not a lot of these other threats that are going on. Not Russia, you know. Are you kidding me? Not our southern border. Not criminals and, and terrorists potentially coming across our border. Uh-uh. Mayorkas thinks there's something else we got to be worried about, much more than that. And what we in the Department of Homeland Security have assessed is that the greatest terrorism-related threat that we face in the homeland is the threat of domestic violent extremism. <laughs> Individuals drawn to violence because of ideologies of hate or false narratives propagated on social media and other online platforms. And the most prominent um, threat is the threat of white supremacists. Are you kidding me? At a time right now where we are on the verge of World War III with Russia, and now we got Russia doing a deal for us, With Iran, thank you, President Biden, that he puts Russia in that position, which is just unbelievable, that Russia would be a fair broker in that, and then we're going to go against them in Ukraine. I mean, this is just nuts by this administration. Then we got North Korea that's testing ballistic missiles. Then we got an open border that's about to be a leaky sieve come May 23rd. And Alejandro Mayorkas thinks it's domestic extremism. And white supremacy in America, that is the biggest threat to this country right now. That critical race theory basically is the biggest issue on the burner for this White House. Do you agree? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go back to Tim on line two. Tim, this is incredible. And I wanted to bring you back because this is exactly what you were talking about. Well, also, um, Mr. Mayorkas said we need to be prepared. Did anybody ask him how he's going to what what are his steps? What what is his plan? He hasn't been. Is he preparing for this as he hasn't been preparing for the previous 
onslaught that we've had of people crossing the border. I don't understand why there's no questions as to what his plan is. Is Peter Ducey the only one who can ask questions or follow-up questions at least? Also, in terms of white supremacy, it exists. I'm white, though. I, I find that I, I, I guess I'm really upset because it's difficult for me to take that in right now, that I'm, I'm white. And he's saying that the bad people um, are, have an adjective before them, and it's called white. I, I don't know what to say about that. And do I have to really look at myself and reflect that my race is bad? I, I don't know. Explain it to me. Yeah, I, you know what? It's stunning to me, too, Tim, that at a time where the world is so um, unbelievably dangerous, you know, um, you know, I think about it in my lifetime, Tim, you know, I mean, I'm looking right now um, in my lifetime. I'm sitting here looking and thinking what's going on with Ukraine. I am genuinely worried about a potential for World War Three with Russia, the way that they're intensifying these attacks and then also the fact that they were coming closer and closer to NATO countries like Poland. Um, and, and given the history and all these things, I am so worried about that. I'm worried about Iran pulling the wool over this administration's eyes because they're stupid enough to try to do another nuclear deal with Iran and use the broker as Moscow for us. I mean, that's just, just like sheer insanity. It's like, how stupid could this administration be? And then I'm looking at our southern border Right now, that really is a leaky sieve already, and they're about to self-admittedly open the floodgates for some ungodly reason. They could find a reason to keep Title 42 in place. And I'll give you one reason, actually, Tim. One of the reasons is they could use fentanyl. Fentanyl is the leading cause of death for Americans right now, age 18 to 42, Um, and actually up to 45, 18 to 45. So you could say for health reasons – to not bring this deadly substance in, we'll find a way to keep Title 42 there. And let's start cracking down on the border even more, given the national security and international security concerns. But this administration is making no effort to do that. And instead, for some reason, wants to vilify fellow Americans and make it sound like that's the threat. I mean, to me, it's absolutely unconscionable and it's and it's and it's catastrophic for security for our southern border that that's the focus that they think is the priority right now given everything that's happening in the world right now that that's where they think that we need to be worried about don't worry about the open border and the criminals coming across and the terrorists coming across the terrorists are basically the parents you know who are fighting against you know critical race theory remember this was the same administration that labeled parents parents domestic terrorists courtesy of you know Merrick Garland remember that whole memo i mean it, it's it is shocking to me i i feel the same way you do tim i feel like i'm just sitting here going uh, like like i'm uh, like they're in an alternate universe and i'll give you a few seconds to respond real quick tim okay uh, i don't know what to say I don't. I'm shocked. I cannot believe that this is going on. And real quick, the, what Linda referred to as a piecemeal uh, delivery of this stuff. Is this strategic? I, I haven't heard of one expert say that this has strategic value to it. I yeah, don't understand. I haven't either. And sadly, many of the experts that we've had here on the show, and I try to get diverse opinions, as you guys know, because I like to hear from everybody. I want to hear from them facts. 
Um, and every expert that I have had here on the show has said, and the ones I talk to even off the air, because I talk to a lot of them, you guys, um, say that this is a window right now where we got to throw everything in the kitchen sink to Ukraine. And this president is slow walking it. And they only surmise that he's afraid of Vladimir Putin. And that fear is why he didn't have a spine before this happened that could have prevented it. And it's the same thing with Afghanistan. I sa- I, I'm i sad to say that because I love this country, but I look at what happened with Afghanistan. And he was, you know, walked away, left all the equipment. Imagine if all that equipment that he left for the Taliban, if they just kind of brought it over to Ukraine and brought it over beforehand when Putin was amassing his troops and they said they knew he was going to invade and they did nothing. That to me. And now they're saying the 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 enemy are, you know, domestic extremists like parents and others. You got to be kidding me. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. We'll continue with your calls. I'm, I'm as baffled as Tim is. Maybe you guys can give me some clarity. 1-800-848-9222. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Well, I remember when we had a president who talked about a border wall, who cared about border security, and I can tell you it ain't this one. And Alejandro Mayorkas, the Homeland Security Secretary, just made a statement a little bit ago, basically telling the National Action Network that the biggest security threat to our American homeland, when they're about to open the floodgates even more at the southern border, and we're looking at everything happening in Ukraine and everywhere else, no, 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 it's not the problems at the border, it's not the war in Ukraine, It's not Iran and North Korea testing and figuring out everything that they can do with their nukes and their nuclear energy, even though Iran says, oh, no, we're not doing it. We're a peaceful nation. We didn't mean it when we said we want to throw Israel off the face of the map. (sighs) We got a lot of problems right now. But guess what they say is the biggest problem? It's domestic extremists like parents. And boy, are they missing the mark because they do not seem to get the security issues that are happening at our southern border. And it's about to get a lot worse. Take a listen. This is Sarah Huckabee Sanders, the former press secretary for then President Trump, saying this administration has missed the mark and it's about to get a lot worse. He has never once taken action to secure our border or to stop people from coming in. Under President Trump, we had a secure border. We were working, whether it was through the Remain in Mexico policy, things like Title 42, or the physical wall itself, our border was far more secure. Since Biden has come in, he has allowed a national security, a health and humanitarian crisis to take place at the border, allowing the drugs and cartel violence to flood in across our southern border. And I'm thankful that governors are stepping up because that's what it's going to take. Yeah, thank goodness. Some governors like Governor Greg Abbott of Texas says he's going to bust the migrants to Capitol Hill in the White House and say, hey, here it is. This is what you're bringing to our state. Now we're bringing it to your front door. Let's go to the callers. Let's go to Pete on line eight. Pete, your thoughts about the fact that this administration doesn't seem to get it at the border? No, they're letting everybody in. And now with COVID and everything, I was at an urgent care today, and it was seven people there, and I was hacking the web and having a little respiratory problem. And everybody was in the room, and out of the seven that were there, 
counting myself, six tested positive for Coburg. I was the only one that didn't. It's amazing what's going on out there. I mean, it's it's crazy. I mean, and what go, about the border, want, Pete? What about the border? Well, with the border, I mean, they're going to let people. Uh, Trump had the thing to keep them out. They had to be tested. They're going to waive it as testing and let everybody in. It's going to get everybody in Texas. It's crazy. It is crazy. I agree. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. And in tonight's Support Our Hero segment, which I love doing every night, And it's where we honor our great men and women in the military and their families. Well, this week, Burton Richard Coate was honored by the Oklahoma House of Representatives for his bravery and honor while serving in World War II. The representatives from Oklahoma said it is, quote, important that we take every opportunity to make sure our veterans, especially those from the greatest generation like Mr. Coate, know how they are deeply valued and their service is appreciated. And what better way to thank him for his contribution to our country and to our community? Coate enlisted in the Army Air Force at age 18 and began his service in 1943, rising to the rank of sergeant before he was honorably discharged from service in 1946. And Coate was presented with a citation that was read on the Oklahoma House floor, along with a flag that had been flown over the state capitol in his honor. What a great, great way to recognize him and also his family, uh, his daughter, And his granddaughter were also present. How beautiful that they were able to see it and that he especially was able to be there and be recognized uh, and celebrated by generations also to come. What a great, great story. You know how much I love celebrating our great veterans and their families. Well, a lot of the military are at our southern border right now. And in fact, Governor Greg Abbott of Florida was saying the National Guard needs to be called in to help even more so because he's planning on using them and others to bus migrants into Washington, D.C. I love this idea by Governor Greg Abbott. Also, by the way, Governor DeSantis of Florida is saying that he wants to bus migrants who have crossed the border because he's saying both of them are saying, look at what's happening. It's devastating their states. You know, the taxpayers are paying for housing, for medical, for education, and they're just getting dropped off basically in different cities throughout their states, basically all the different states, because so many states are just having them bust in and having them flown in because that's what this administration is doing, as we've seen from so many stories. Remember, they were getting flown in the dead of night into Westchester Airport, Westchester County Airport in New York. Also getting sent into LaGuardia, sent into Newark, sent into Tennessee, sent into, you know, all over the country. Basically, every state has become a border state. And so when Mayorkas, the head of Homeland Security, was doing an interview just this week with CBS's Nora O'Donnell, 
She was talking about what are you going to do? How are you going to handle this influx with Title 42 that your administration is waiving, going to make a whole bunch more now coming across the border? How is that going to make it better? Because coyotes, cartels, everybody else is going to be capitalizing on this. By the way, the business for the cartels, cartels are basically making almost a billion dollar business, they believe, with this industry. I mean, human trafficking, drug trafficking, it is staggering numbers. But listen to Mayorkas, because he says, boy, we are so much more sympathetic and we're just handling it so much better because he blamed the past administration. Take a listen. What distinguishes us from the past uh, is the fact that we will not implement policies of cruelty that disregard our asylum laws. We are rebuilding a system that was entirely dismantled. And the former ICE director, Tom Holman, heard those comments from Mayorkas, and he just went crazy. Take a listen. I'm angry at his words. He wants to talk about cruelty under Trump administration. Let me remind him, the Trump administration moved illegal immigration down to a 35, 40-year low. Illegal immigration down 83%. So how many women didn't get raped? When it was down that much, how many pounds of fentanyl didn't make in the country to kill Americans? How many billions of dollars did the cartels not make? President Trump secured the border and saved lives. Secure borders save lives. And the cartels, they estimate, are making now about a billion dollars a month under this administration because of the fentanyl that they're bringing in and the human trafficking, the money they're making. Because, of course, the families are paying those cartels and human traffickers to bring people in. I mean, this is scary stuff. And now we're about to waive it with Title 42 on May 23rd. And then, as I was mentioning to you, I couldn't believe this this week, that now we heard that they're about to make it easier for folks who are coming illegally into the country and cartels and others who are coming into the country. You don't have to worry about being tracked because... They're not only going to make it easier. Before, they were sometimes putting ankle bracelets on. Sometimes they weren't doing anything. And now guess what they're going to do? If you're an illegal immigrant, one of the ways they're going to track you, and to me, this is the biggest joke of all, and it's the joke's on us because, boy, is it really sad for the American people and for our national security because what they're going to basically do is give them a cell phone. Remember the people who were voting last time? They're like, gosh, I voted part of the reason for Obama, people were saying, when they got out of the voting booth. I interviewed people who were saying this because I got a free cell phone. I was getting free money. I was getting a free cell phone. And I heard that Obama was going to do this, and that's why I'm going to vote for him. Boy, that sounds like a great deal. Well, now, at our southern border, they said part of the way they're going to track people, some they'll put ankle bracelets on, some they won't do a thing, and others are going to get a free cell phone. And I couldn't believe it that Jen Psaki and the White House actually admitted when there was a report that came out, people were like, gosh, this has got to be a wrong report. We can't actually be giving people a cell phone and saying we're going to be tracing them through that cell phone. It's a free cell phone, courtesy of U.S. taxpayers. So Peter Ducey, the only reporter who seems to be able to ask a logical question at the White House, asked Circleback Jen Psaki, about that, take a listen. Following up on the smartphones that are being given to border crossers with technology so they can be uh, tracked or so they can check in, is there any plan to give free smartphones to kids that want them? 
Should we not be tracking uh, migrants who irregularly cross the border? I'm asking if... Or do you have an alternative suggestion for how they should be tracked? I, unfortunately, have not been asked to make U.S. immigration policy. Uh, that's not Today's my... your moment. Well, <laughs> it'd be great if uh, anybody that wanted a free phone and a free monthly plan could get one. So is that going to be an offer for everybody or just people that walk into the country illegally? Well, Peter, as when we talked about this the other day, uh, what I noted to you is that we have means of tracking individuals who irregularly migrate to the country uh, as in, in, to an order to ensure that they are meeting their notice to appear obligations uh, and that they are appearing in court when they should appear in court. Phones is one of them. There are also ankle devices and a range of tracking devices. 80% uh, of individuals have, of non-citizens released at the border from DHS custody under prosecutorial discretion have either received a notice to appear or are still within the window to report. So yes, there's telephonic reporting. There is SmartLink, which enables participant monitoring via smartphone. There's the global positioning system. These are the range of means with modern technology that we monitor. So giving them a free cell phone, it's a great question by Peter Ducey. Are most Americans getting a free cell phone? But no, if you're an illegal immigrant, you may get a free cell phone and it's the honor system, basically. And she didn't deny it. And then she was asked, Well, you know, with all the problems happening at our southern border and the national security and international security risks that an open border already poses, and it's about to get a heck of a lot worse with Title 42 being waived again at the end of May, is our president finally going to go to the border? Because remember, the only time by any accounts that he's even been near the border was during like a campaign event years and years ago. And, of course, Kamala just kind of did uh, a drive-by, if you will, at the southern border. She, like, popped in at one area, but it wasn't even the biggest area. And she keeps talking about the root causes in Central America. And she's the border czar, has barely really been there either. Uh, but Joe Biden just kind of did a quick stopover when he had to drive through the border for a campaign event years ago. And many people said that really obviously doesn't really count. So will he now finally kind of go to the border himself, being he's the president and being that even his own Homeland Security secretary says, yeah, we do think we're going to see a huge surge next month. And we're trying to make some preparations. They're they're making more preparations by planning to give them more cell phones. I, I mean, and they're trusting the honor system that that's the way we're going to keep track of people that they're not going to vaccinate that they can't do any criminal background checks, especially in their own home country. They can't check if that person's a murderer from Guatemala coming in. They're going to treat them the same as somebody who's like an upstanding citizen trying to come in. I mean, this is a disaster. So the logical question is, is our president going to do things to protect and stiffen security at the border, which doesn't seem to be an answer? And then Peter Ducey said, well, is he at least going to come to the border and see the problem for himself? Listen to this exchange, guys. Small towns who are bracing for a major influx in migrants next month need by making his first ever trip to the border. I have nothing to predict for you in terms of additional trips. The president will be traveling the country, uh, but I don't have any more specifics for you at this point. And so the question is, is our president... Gonna go to the border. Is he gonna be on it, you guys? This is amazing. And again, no, he'll maybe get there at some point. Wouldn't you think? 
If you were a real leader, if this was President Zelensky, he'd be on the border in like five minutes. You wouldn't even have to tell him. President Zelensky, as we were just talking about in the last hour, he is out there. He's not afraid to go to Bucha, and he's got hundreds of assassins, the world's worst assassins after him. And our president, who's handing out cell phones, won't even go see the border for himself at a time where we are dealing with catastrophic situations. This is unbelievable. Let's go to line one. Let's go to Robert. Robert, your thoughts about all of this. What do you think? Good evening. Mayorkas gave us some a gift. Mayorkas gave us a red herring. A red herring is a deliberately misleading clue. He talks about white supremacy being the biggest threat. No, 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 no. The people that are saying the threat is out there are the threat. The Biden administration is the threat to the security and the, and the, and the solvency of this country. They're continuing the same thing that the Obama administration started, which is to, 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 to manage the decline of the United States of America. And they're doing it in every possible way. They're doing a very good job at doing that. People need to get out and vote. They need to exercise their right to vote and stop making excuses. Get out and vote. I agree. I agree. Because, listen, he talked about it being an open border and bringing in everybody in, and he's delivering, and voting has consequences. Elections have consequences. And I 1,000% agree with you, Robert. People got to get out. And guess what? The midterms is right around the corner. Uh, I just, you know, I, boy, you look at the situation in Ukraine and you look at our border about to be a huge going from three to like 8,000 a day, which is what they say they're encountering, not the gotaways, to going to 18 to 20,000 a day, which is what a lot of people who are experienced at the border, the border agents say they're going to face. This is this is catastrophic and shocking, guys. This really is. And, Robert, you hit it on the head. you got to get out and vote. you got to get out and get people who care about national and international security um, because that is in a massive security risk, and it's right there in our southern border. We're going to continue with your calls after the break, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Speaking of screaming, psycho, it is going to be the way I feel and I think the way a lot of you are going to feel when Title 42 is lifted because it is already just a scene that makes me want to scream when I look at the border. And it certainly makes Tom Homan, the former ICE director under President Trump, want to scream. He says that President Biden has been derelict in his duty because, by the way, the first duty of a president is to protect the homeland and to be the commander-in-chief. And Tom Homan says this president has been stunningly falling short of that responsibility for the American people. Take a listen to Tom. This is the first administration in history of this nation who came into office and unsecured the border. I've worked for six presidents, starting with Ronald Reagan. Every one of them, including Clinton Obama, wanted to do something to secure the border. President Biden came in and unsecured the border, and look at all the deaths he's caused. Wow. 
and he's talking about fentanyl and human trafficking and all these issues, which the cartels right now are cheering, sadly, that Title 42 is being lifted by our president next month. And the cartels right now making a billion dollars a month. That's how much they're profiting. Wait till they see the numbers. It's going to be sadly ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching for the cartels. And boy, is that a sad testament. Tom Holman says this administration has had massive problems at the border. And here's some of the ones that Tom Oman cites. First year as Biden presidency, presidency, more migrants have died on U.S. soil crossing the border under President Biden than ever any year that I can, I can remember. 200,000 fentanyl deaths because the border's wide open. Cartels are making billions of dollars. We got COVID coming across the border. We got, we got known suspected terrorists coming across the border. And he wants to talk, he wants to compare himself to the Trump administration. And let's go to the calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Tom in, uh, actually, let's go to John uh, on line five. John, go ahead. Your thoughts about all this. Hey, Rita. Listen, this is for the citizens of New York, of every color and every nationality. Think about this. You have the city council where they have 800,000 illegals vote for the fall, right? Let's say it is a million because... Joe Biden can't even keep up with how many illegals there are. They said there's only 12 million. When he got in the presidency, it was 22 million. So let's put it this way. We take the million illegal immigrants here, getting 2,000, maybe 3,000, maybe 4,000 a month, federally subsidized and city and state subsidized by New Yorkers. All right, think about it. You have a million people at... $2,000 average, that's $2 billion a month we're giving away. Wow. And by, by the way, John, City. and John, you bring up also the voting. I'm glad you really did um, bring that up. You hit some great points because that's for the local elections. But you're right. Um, suddenly it's going to be a massive amount of people able to vote in local elections. And, you know, in New York, um, and, and that's a stunning amount. And you just talked about the taxpayer money. That's a stunning amount of money. Uh, that's coming in. Uh, what was your reaction when you saw that that got that got passed? What was your reaction? So, well, uh, that has to be fought. But really quick, what I'm saying is that's two billion dollars in payments, right? So we have John Carney, who's the governor of uh, the state of Delaware, great Democrat, right? He he helps uh, Biden live in his million dollar mansion on the beach over there. So let's take the million illegals. Send them over there, and, you know, uh, Pitsaki uh, said that, you know, it's, it's a stunt. No, you make a federal, you make the check federally-wise um, right over to the Delaware governor. You send everybody on a bus with that money, and then let them decide how to break it down. There's plenty of, there's plenty of, uh, part, part of Delaware is like uh, ghettos. You take that billions of dollars, let them fix that, and put every million people there. This way, the city, the state, we all save a billion, two billion dollars a month. And you know what? And, and, by, and by the people. way, John, John, those are just the ones we know about. I mean, you're, you're bringing up the numbers that the city says in New York City that they know about. I mean, there's a lot of other ones that we don't know about that are also using our resources. And that's why, like, and even those flights, I think about all those flights in the middle of the night. You know, Rob Astorino, who's running for governor. 
Uh, remember, you know, got the footage and I remember he's been on our show, um, and a number of shows talking about that footage, which is so damning of them sneaking in the middle of the night. And then when the government got caught, when the Biden administration, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it wasn't the middle of the night. It was like two or three in the morning. I mean, they were like, yeah, what's wrong with that? I, I mean, boy, is that fishy. Great points. Thank you so much, John. Let's go to Laura in Pennsylvania on line seven. Go ahead, Laura, your thoughts. Oh, hi. Thank you for having me on the show. Uh, Title 42 is a real serious problem. President Trump is hoping he can do something with it, but that it is going to be difficult. And I do believe that there's a lot of distractions globally, just which is a step further because for years we've had so many distractions local in communities, towns, states. Now it's global. And I believe Ukraine is a distraction and that it is Biden's war. It's Biden and London's war. They manipulated this war in order to have a global starvation because they're big wheat producers and fertilizer producers. And if you look at Agenda 21, you will so, see it. So I, 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 I don't agree with what you're saying, but I do think um, that they are seem to be more focused, even though I think he's doing a lousy job with Ukraine's borders, but he seems to at least talk about that border more than our own southern border. Um, and obviously, I care about our country and our national security. I care about Ukraine, too. Um, so I think they're all important. But he seems to be consumed with that, even though he's doing a lousy, lousy job and could have done so much more to be preemptive. Um, Laura, thank you, though. Let's go to Tom in Brooklyn. Tom, go ahead. You're here on the Rita Cosby Show. Even Rita, we've spoken before. Always a pleasure. Um I have a bad feeling that all the crises is going on, like COVID, energy, the border crisis. Um, they have, uh, they're creating, like, they're causing racism and stuff like that and killing the, uh, the family, sense of family. I think that this all is propaganda from somebody. I mean, I, I well, by the, and by the way, that. did you hear Mayorkas, the Homeland Security Secretary, saying the biggest threat to our homeland is domestic extremism? And then he went on to say, it's white supremacy. I mean, to me, boy, are they missing the mark that they're thinking. And that's the same kind of language we were hearing about the way they were treating parents. Remember who were upset even, about critical race theory? Real quick, Tom. Yeah, I, have, I don't even know any. I don't even know any white supremacists. I don't no, know what they're talking I, me about. Me neither. And to me, it's outrageous. It just shows that they are not thinking about the biggest threats that we all care about. Have a great weekend.